0: get ready for ready radio with doug and aaron it's emergency preparedness for everyone brought to you by true prep for all your prepping needs visit true prep online at truprep.com or visit a true prep store in roswell or marietta listen in as doug and aaron provide helpful tips on how to get ready ready or not here comes ready radio
1: Good morning, everybody. You're listening to Ready Radio right here on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town. This week has been a, a very exciting week. I mean, since really the week before, actually. It's been with the, the ending of the the terrorist siege in, in France and and the attack on um, the the satirical newspaper there in, in Paris, ending with—I don't even recall how many people died in that attack.
2: I think six or seven from the the count that I saw.
1: Yeah, and and here you had a. A rather violent attack on a media organization, and and Aaron and I both, you know, being journalists, look at this as, as it's kind of close to home. You think about, you know, what what could happen, and some of the topics we pursued. You know, you've got North Korea coming out and attacking Sony and hacking into their their database. And
2: Didn't we dis- do a show on them?
1: Distributing emails, and here we are, you know, basically calling Kim Jong Un a, a U- moron writer. A what moron well, I, I was, called
2: him a moron i, I 'm pretty f- sure I called him a moron
1: say a unicorn rider, but yes, a moron and and you know we take a kind of a hard line stance on anybody who 's against freedom and liberty and Jeffersonian principles, whether they be in in you know yemen or or paris or the white house it doesn 't matter to us if you stand up against liberty then you 're you know not a friend of the people, and so here we are. Watching the events unfold, you know, looking down at our, our hands and wringing our hands together as these things happen in Paris and and around the world. And, and it's kind of a, a weighty topic to kind of get into.
2: Well, you know, I was sitting and looking at Facebook when I realized the, the shootings over there had occurred. Mm-hmm. And I, I realized that it was a satirical newspaper. And I was like, oh, they – Basically, just gunned the down the the French onion is what I called it. The French onion, which is kind of funny
1: in and of itself. The Ooh, French yeah, onion, the French
2: onion. <laughs> Ooh la.
1: la. Uh, the, but, well,
2: what I said, the union. <laughs> yeah. <Le> onion.
1: Yeah, Les <laughs> onion, the onion. Um, yeah, so you know we we talk about this, we think about the implications, but it's kind of scary.
2: It is kind of scary, and and you know we we go and we see that these people they they got gunned down in their offices for drawing pictures of Muhammad. And I think, well, how many conversations have we had that could get us gunned down? And well, then I realize that I'm glad I never leave the house without a gun.
1: You know, you talk about they, they were attacked for drawing pictures of Muhammad, but that's not exactly something isolated I that, or new.
2: I think that more than drawing pictures of Muhammad, they had drawn a picture that made Muhammad gay, I think, in well, one of the cartoons.
1: They, they They take – they are – French culture, and to begin with, is not as as sexually repressed as American culture. I mean, you'll, you're going to see a lot more nudity on French TV. And, right. And I was looking through some of the cover art of uh, Charlie Bedouin on the, the Internet. And, Charlie Hebdo. Yeah. And a lot of it had very risque, very – I mean, stuff that you wouldn't expect to see except for maybe on Playboy and Hustler. But here it is on on a normal –
2: newspaper out newspaper out well I mean we also have to remember that our country America was founded by religious people who did not believe in in sexual openness and they they fled where they were because they didn't agree with the religious views of of where they were well
1: they they were basically our country was founded by prudes our our country is founded primarily by people who were leaving England and and um the Netherlands. They, they had left England for the Netherlands. They again did not find religious freedom. Then they moved to America. You see a lot of influx from England and the Netherlands, Denmark, Germany. Um, And then some from France, not as much. The French generally moved north. They're more in Canada, some in in Louisiana, but mainly in Canada through the Louisiana Purchase. You had that that area that was predominantly French at the time. But it, it was a very different culture. And then France had its revolution about the same time we did. And their revolution led to the overthrow of the king, whereas we never had a king. And their... Set up of a republic, which only lasted a few years, and ended in the creation of Napoleon Bonaparte's dictatorship, which led to basically the first real world war, where all of Europe was embroiled in, in a battle with Napoleon. He made it all the way to Russia. I mean, you think about that in terms of of dictatorial conquest. It's unparalleled until you get to Hitler's Germany. So. This set up the the playing field for a secular society, and their laws are secularly based, and everything in France is a very secular society. Now, after the fall of... Um, world war Two, when when France was again reorganized, it became a what we 'd call a modern socialist state and a lot of what our president is doing is based on the way France is run, where it has very, very high taxes. The wealth is not kept by the government but is redistribu- redistributed back to the people in various ways to make everybody more or less in common and they have common health care they have common living and wages you know if, if you earn Eighty grand a year, you keep your eighty grand a year. If you earned one hundred and sixty grand a year, you keep your eighty grand a year, and the rest goes to social programs, and it it evens out the society, and that's the way France is.
2: So basically, you can pay for all the education you want in France, or do they give it to you for free? You get it for free
1: all the way through. Well, college. if you're
2: not paying for it, then I don't see the problem. See, if I paid one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a doctorate and then I had to give away half of my pay every year to somebody who didn't work, I'd be a little ticked.
1: Well, England has um, advanced uh, levels that you take tests for as you go through school. And if you test well, then you get more school. And if you test out, then you end up with you know less education and, and limited prospects for jobs. But you don't earn uh, a whole lot more money for having the advanced degrees, which is the kicker. So it really becomes, why do, you, why do you want to go and do that sort of work? And then you weed out people who are doing it for money, and you end up with people who are only doing it because they believe in it.
2: Which is why you get better medical care in England, huh?
1: Well, other than the wait times. Except for dental care. Other than the wait times and, and the the rationing of care, because when care is free, everybody wants free care. So then you're willing to go to the doctor more than if you had to pay for it out of pocket. Yeah. So that that's a huge drawback. But if you look at the, the quality of medical professionals, P I think that doctors in Cuba are every bit as good or better than doctors in America.
2: However, doctors in Liberia, not, not so, so much. much yeah.
1: <laughs> so, you know, we, we look at this as as a economic perspective to draw out you know how far do you go in school and what do you want to become but it also has you know it has long-ranging implications for the legal system because their legal system is not based on common law it's based entirely on code which is why louisiana and the u.s has such a funky legal is because it draws not from common law like every other state in the country but from the napoleonic code as its basis and underpinning mm. Yeah, it's, it's really weird there so it's reason
2: they have parishes instead of counties and all that too
1: yep So you've got France that's built on this, you know, modern, secular, socialist structure... And they are very open and, and free with sexuality. They're very free with criticism of their government and or anybody else. And that leads us to mm-hmm. a, a culture and society that's perfectly acceptable with poking fun in, in various forms of the Prophet Muhammad or anybody else.
2: Well, I have no problem with poking fun of the Prophet Muhammad simply because I don't believe in the Prophet Muhammad. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, you guys believe that. All right. You believe that you are the religion of love, and that's why you blow people up.
1: Well, you know, there's, there's a lot of different religious sects that draw on different religious traditions that may or may not make sense. I mean, you've got Muslims. You've got Mormons. You've got, you know, uh, the difference in all the Protestant sects between, you know, Anglicans and, and Catholics and between um, Lutherans and, and Baptists or whatever sort of denomination you want to pull from, everybody has these, their, their own quirks. And some things are more sacred and holy than others. But there, there is a definite difference in the, when you get into radical Islam that they believe that corporeal punishment for ideas is more than acceptable.
2: Well, I mean, you know, I was having a conversation with my sister the other day and I was comparing radical Islam to radical Christianity. And even the most rag- radical Christianity, we're talking Bible thumpers here. In America, they're not going to kill you because you don't believe in Jesus. They're just going to harass you well, over it.
1: I'm going to disagree with you. Disagree well, I would. don't with you see Westboro soon. Baptist Church killing anybody. I sure saw a lot of people firebombing abortion clinics and killing abortion doctors in the early 90s.
2: This is true, but I don't think today that that's as popular as it was then. I, you get more riding and, and picketing and standing outside with signs. And Westboro Baptist Church was one of the worst offenders. I mean, if anybody was going to bomb abortion clinics, it'd have been those crazies.
1: Well, I don't. I don't think so. I think that the people who end up bombing abortion clinics and 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 Pentecostals, kind of isn't it, assassinating an abortion doctor are people who don't fall into the, the mainstream of any one church, that they have their own dogmatic ideas. And they have that their they agenda. Are, and they, they are lone wolves. And that's kind of what we're seeing here in France. You see two well, people. Well, yeah, these
2: people aren't necessarily um, part of any specific terrorist group, are they? No. They were just kind of lone wolves. And the same thing with the Boston bombing and yep. Tamerlan and Drakar Sarnaev. Is they were kind of they they went over there and got a little training. The older brother did, but neither one of them were were involved with any.
1: They they weren't in this particular mosque. Here, they didn't guess, follow yeah. a particular imam. There wasn't you know a, a, a call that you could point to where they were a follower of someone who told them to go do these things. They were
2: two crazies with fireworks that decided they were going to to do something big.
1: Yeah, and the same thing with France, and the same thing with most of these is that they are they're not. It's not that there is an a organized agenda to bring this to fruition. It's just that there is a culture that comes down to what do you believe in and what's sacred. You know, we're, we're coming up on a commercial break, folks. I'd ask that you stick around. We're going to talk a little bit more about what brings this to fruition and how people come to these ideologies. You're listening to Ready Radio right here on News Talk 1160, the talk of the Town.
0: And now back to Ready Radio with Doug and Aaron.
1: Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Ready Radio, and this week we're talking about Je suis Charlie and, and how we are standing in solidarity with the people who were gunned down in Paris, France this last week or so, having to deal with you know, all of the terrorist implications and, and how to stand up for yourself and your rights. And I know, Aaron, you really wanted to focus in on France for a variety of particular reasons.
2: You know what bothered me? I got to see all the news coverage and, and police officers running away from gunshots, because France has removed firearms from their people. Even their police officers, their friendly downtown police officers, only have a, a nightstick or a, a club. So they were afraid to run towards those gunshots. And in America, at least, you know, we may have police officers that are killing you know, black young men and some rioting going on and, and whatever the reasons behind all of this. At least our cops don't run away when they hear gunshots.
1: Well, there's there's a a careful line to be drawn here because i'm i'm more afraid of american cops than i am terrorists at this point in my life
2: but who's supposed to defend you from whatever but You're, who
1: watches the watchers i mean the, we watch the watchers and that's the
2: reason it's so important that we don't allow our second amendment rights to be taken away because m- if it's taken away from us and it's taken away from the police officers we're setting ducks
1: but if then our we, Second Amendment rights are taken we, we away, we see people who are, you know, promoting Second Amendment rights and saying, "Well, it's for hunting." And sure, you can have your you can have your hunting rifle and you can have your 12 gauge shotgun, while the police are running around in M wraps with body armor and fully auto MP5s to come kick in your door. I think well, that there's think the that militarization the, of the police is a, a huge danger in our culture.
2: It is a huge danger in our culture.
1: And I think that France has a lot of the right idea that police should not be militarized. They are civil servants, they are there to to protect the peace, and they don't, not every police officer needs to be armed.
2: None of their police officers are armed, I don't believe. I think that they have sent SWAT in.
1: Yeah, well, some are. They have particularized units. You know, when I was up in Alaska, uh, the largest body of policing in Alaska was the Village Public Safety Officer Program. None of them carry guns.
2: How many officers did you see killed while you were in Alaska?
1: In the last... I want to say in the last 10 years in Alaska... You know, there was, While you were there. While I was there, there was one. And, in and was the last, he armed or unarmed? He was unarmed. My, my, I rest my case. But I, what I'm saying is in the last 10 years in Alaska, I think that that was the only one in 10 But still,
2: years. 100% of them were unarmed officers. 100% of the officer killings in Alaska were unarmed officers. Because you but don't you? have... See, the problem is the, these officers are given quotas... And they're given things they have to fulfill to keep their job, to make their job more valuable, to make their job worth it to the taxpayers. And instead of trying to say... I am saving my job and I am creating job security for myself by arresting these people. So I'm going to plant drugs in their car and arrest them, or shoot this guy because he was selling cigarettes on the street or whatever. Instead of these cops having to feel that they need to remove those quotas because that's the reason that they're behaving the way they are, well, it's because of fear for
1: losing their jobs. There are no open quotas. Well, I mean,
2: there's so. no. Do you think? That there's not really quotas ask an officer if they have quotas they're going to tell you that no there's no open quotas but the reality is they have meetings and they say you're not meeting
1: expectations you guys
2: aren't meeting expectations you're not writing enough tickets there's not enough criminal arrests be it felony arrests or misdemeanor arrests or civil uh, criminal summons being issued what are you guys doing you can't be sitting at crispy cream or dunkin donuts your whole ship get out there and make sure that the public is being served and, and that law is being enforced.
1: Uh, so let's so go, that's let's, the
2: problem, is it become law enforcement.
1: Let's go back to the number of, of shootings in Alaska. Over, since the, the Village Public <laughs> Safety Officer Program has begun, how many of those officers do you think have shot a suspect? Well, none. Obviously, they don't have a gun. Right. Well, you see that there, it's a check and balance system. And there are some officers who don't need to be armed. Then there's another level to do certain types of arrests. If you're going to go out and just do a welfare check on a drunk, you don't need to be armed.
2: And that's how that guy got shot, isn't it?
1: Uh, that was a different situation, but there, there, there are there are tasks which are assigned to officers that are they do not need to be armed. They don't need to be you know riding in an M wrap to go do to help school crossings. There's what, lots of different things.
2: What do you think our officers do primarily? What do you think is the most frequent call for help for law enforcement in Georgia?
1: I would say domestic violence.
2: Domestic violence. Do you think an officer should show up on a, on a scene like that without firearm? No. I do not. Right.
1: That what, would be a different And tier. they're more
2: prevalent. But but see, you can have law enforcement like that in an underpopulated area like Gillingham, Alaska. Here, it's different. It's more metro. There's more people in one place. And you can't run the risk of the, the unarmed cough cop is busy in the bathroom so we're gonna to have to send the armed police officer over there and the real the reality of it is if you want to break it down is 90 percent of murder by black person is done to a black person nobody al sharpton president obama nobody ever mentions those guys and Mom, marches Rudy, for, those Ger- guys
1: Rudy for those guys or
2: loots for those guys 90 percent of them And then 10% is done by someone by another race. And these people are marching and looting and misbehaving over one murder when there's all kinds of murders that's them on them that's never mentioned. Let's straighten out our own communities and work on ourselves and try to make ourselves better people and our communities better communities. And let's see if these cops have to come there as much. I think that when you police your own community... You don't have to rely on the the law enforcement as much.
1: So take a page from that spiritual guru, Michael Jackson. Let's start with the man in the mirror, huh?
2: Not so much start with the man in the mirror, but let's look out for our neighbor. I mean, they used to do the community watches. They don't do this in neighborhoods anymore. You know, every neighborhood needs a Miss Kravitz. I'm just saying, you know, the little lady that has nothing better to do than look out her window and she sees everybody stealing everything. Mm Mm-hmm. Every fight that goes on, and everybody that puts something in the garbage they 're not supposed to, and she sees it all, you yeah, know every neighborhood might need that little miss Kravis
1: well you know it's it 's an interesting topic because there there is there's a lot of debate there between how do you arm officers and what their role is. And the problem the problem that was going on in France was that they have gone to a community policing standard where it's it's about apprehending suspects after the fact. It's not about getting involved in that kind of situation because they don't have that kind of crime as much.
2: Well, I think you know what you're talking about with the unarmed officers. We mm-hmm. could do inside our own communities. And then if you say, "Hey, Bill, I've noticed your son is kind of doing things he shouldn't be doing in the neighborhood. You know, we witnessed him graffiti in somebody's garage, and maybe we need to handle this. And, if Bill, if you don't handle this, we're going to have to go to the police with it, and the whole community is going to go. We're going to sign a petition in the whole community, and we're going to have charges filed on him for his graffiti and stuff, so you need to handle your son. If we would do this inside our own neighborhoods without shooting each other, Mm -hmm. then we wouldn't have to rely on the police to come when somebody does something bad or when a neighbor has a dispute, you know, the people in your neighborhood will call the police on you in a heartbeat.
1: Well, I, I think that there are some valid points there, but I, I am afraid of a government that Places so much power in the police that they carry fully automatic weapons, that they have body armor, that they have military-style vehicles that they can deploy in a way that we have moved away from, you know, true policing and into paramilitary operations.
2: That's a problem, and that's a real problem. And see, when when they have these terrorists, the I don't I don't mind having the police officers have a sidearm. I believe that they need them. I believe that they they put their lives on the line every day. And I know some good cops and I know some bad cops. But I believe that that, that weapon is very important for them for their job.
1: Well, I think that it's very also, I also believe that it should only
2: be, be drawn at, if it's absolutely necessary.
1: A, a firearm is very important part of every free person's daily life. Right. That's the way I look at it. And we're the police may have a heightened number of interactions, but they do not have substantially different interactions than any other person has in their life. I've no, been in situations...
2: The heightened number of interactions increases the probability that something bad could go down
1: right but we we all believe that something bad could happen anyway i mean that's kind of the underpinning philosophy of being prepared right is that something bad could happen so you need to be ready for it so why should i be any less armed why should i be any less prepared than the average police officer
2: you shouldn't be that's why i think it's stupid of france to take guns away from everybody because if somebody there had been armed Maybe the shootings at Charlie Hebdo would have happened, but the rest of the shootings and the extensive manhunt probably would not because they would have been laying dead in the street.
1: So, let's Tell say, me that if
2: you had witnessed the gunmen coming out of that building, you wouldn't have capped him. I know you would have.
1: Well, honestly, I, I can't say that. Uh because if if I'm if I'm standing on a street corner and I see somebody come out of a building carrying a long rifle, right, an AK-47 or AK-74 or something, that's obviously a, a firearm. Right. I don't. I, I at that point, seeing them come out of the building with it, I do not have justification to shoot them.
2: Unless you've just heard a whole bunch of shots fired.
1: I I wouldn't. Even, even with a heightened sense of knowing what firearm rounds sound like, I would not feel comfortable shooting somebody unless I saw them in, in front of me with my own eyes, them threaten the life of another person.
2: I'm telling you that if the cops were running from that person, that would be the first person I would shoot at.
1: You're, you might have that situation from somebody who just saved 10 people in a mall. Oh, that's true. And you don't know. You can't make that assumption. I mean, you, yeah, there's no golden halo over their head. No, but sometimes walk. there's a towel there. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, so you, you've, got, you've got a shooting, right? Here, we're talking about a shooting, and let's talk about a shooting mall when we come back. Um, we're coming up on a commercial break, and we'll talk about the dynamics of a mall shooting when we come back. You're listening to Ready Radio right here on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.
0: And now back to Ready Radio with Doug and Aaron.
1: Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about um, now basically public event shootings and and how to be better prepared for them as we've moved on from Charlie Hebdo and to uh, what is now you know what do you do if you see somebody coming out of a building carrying a long rifle because Aaron hit me up with that and said, well wouldn't you just shoot them? I mean, you
2: could see this at Bass Pro. I mean, you're, no, you no no pull no pull up at Bass Pro. Yeah, yeah. Let me give you a, somebody walks out of Bass Pro carrying a long rifle. Right, let, they let, just bought it. <laughs>
1: let, let me give you an example. Okay. okay. There's a mall, and there's a guy goes into the mall and pulls out a handgun and starts shooting people. person runs out to their car, gets a long gun out of their car that they had in their car for whatever reason, whether they carry it daily or for any other reason, goes into the mall, runs towards the gunfire, and stops the active shooter, then turns around and comes back out to his car carrying the gun. You on the corner, being exactly the situation you've described, hearing gunshots in the mall, seeing someone come out of the mall carrying a rifle, you would shoot them. No. How do you know? No,
2: but, but you've got to remember that there were shots fired inside Charlie Hebdo, mm-hmm. and there were tra- shots fired outside of Charlie Hebdo.
1: Yeah, well, that's where that's where I said... It, and that's without, where
2: the, the situation becomes a little different.
1: Without seeing it with my own eyes, without seeing them threaten somebody else's life unjustifiedly with my own eyes, I would not shoot somebody, no matter what they were doing.
2: And I believe that a person who got their firearm and ran into the mall and shot... The assailant, the active shooter, and then turn around and walk right back out to their car with their gun. is a moron because now the police are going to get involved. There's but this there's, huge there's, shooting, there's, yeah. and you look really guilty going and hiding your car and or hiding your gun in the trunk of your car. You're better off just to lay it down and put your hands in the air and wait for whatever's going to come to come. So you can say, "Look, I stopped the shooter."
1: perhaps but you may there I mean there are a lot of factors that go into this in making that decision Do you be
2: panic to, too after right after something like that that happens you don't feel like you're in your world or sometimes in your body you know it's like an out-of-body experience and
1: when when securing the firearm be a wise move putting it someplace and nobody else can get to it
2: at that point?
1: Probably possibly. not, but it might be the logic that somebody has. So I would right. never shoot somebody just because they're carrying a gun. I have to see them make a threatening motion to somebody else or to me first before I'm willing to ever make that logical leap to, see, to we use have, deadly force.
2: No, but we're going to say apples to oranges here because... Here's me and you, and we're standing outside of the Charlie Hebdo offices. Okay,
1: enjoying a baguette, enjoying a a
2: baguette, and a a glass of grape juice or whatever. They don't have it's alcoholic, alcoholic over there. Okay, and you have a sidearm, and I have a sidearm, and we hear gunshots, and there are people running. How we have sidearms? Uh, This is hypothetical. Okay, okay, and we see people running, and we run towards, and we discover men with guns. Are you going to shoot them or not?
1: Not. I'm not, until I see them point the gun at me. I'm talking about we've run in the
2: building, and we see these people with the guns. Are you going to shoot them or not?
1: I wouldn't run into the building. I would. See, I... I've, I've got to protect my kids first. And I've had this discussion before with people online and in person when they say, well, I run towards danger. And I say, well, you're a fool because and I if, have I have too much to protect. And it's not just... And your children need you. Yeah. But at the same need time... Me because without me, there's not going to be anyone to take care of.
2: I us. guess my history uh, in working for the EMS and going to fires and, and, running and helping into danger, running into danger has desensitized me to the fact that you shouldn't run into danger. Where most people would run away from the danger. I criticize them for that, especially when they're a public servant and their job is to run towards the danger.
1: And I can understand (laughs) that. But that's why I'm not a cop. That's why I have chosen. That's why I didn't go into the military. That's why I didn't because I didn't want to be in a position one day where I have a family that I'm supposed to be here for and I'm risking their future because of my good nature
2: and see i'm used to risking my own future for my good nature and stopping and and helping people on the side of the road when they've had a car accident you know and it's it's a different personality type i guess
1: well i think it's a different perspective on on what could happen i mean you're it's, looking at what could happen to them in this instant and i'm looking at what could happen for the next 100 no, years I, th- I
2: think it's a different um summing up of the consequences of the situation okay where i sum it up as i go in i save the day i go home and go to my kids Mm -hmm. you sum it up as i go in and if something goes bad my kids never see me again yeah i look at it from a positive light where you look at it from a negative light yeah and the realist looks at both of us like we're nuts (laughs) just saying
1: well you know they're in in an active shooter situation, there's so much that can go wrong, including the the good guy, the hero, getting shot by the cops. It's a very dangerous dangerous thing. I've had this come up in my criminal practice, had people who were completely uninvolved in the situation get drawn down on because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time, trying to stop a robbery, and the police rolling in have. No idea who the good guy is. So the, the minute they
2: is. get there, they're going to go for whoever's got a gun. Yeah. Which is why I say that stopping the, the assailant and trying to walk out of the mall with your firearm is not the best idea. You need to just stand there and lay it on the ground, put your hands in the air. Because then you're not a danger to them. And they can come and secure your weapon until they get the whole story.
1: You shoot the first one, the only one you see, and then a couple of minutes later, the other one comes around the corner and your gun's on the ground. I'm good at coming up with the, the worst case Because you're a
2: lawyer. You can't yeah. argue with a lawyer. Ladies and gents, this is why you can't law- argue with a lawyer.
1: Whatever situation you come up with. And I, I choose come- to
2: do a weekly radio
1: show with this man. <laughs> I can come up with, with the, the perfect problem with it and why that it's still dangerous. I mean, there are no good answers. And that's the end End all be all of this. is There are no good answers. There's no way that you can say that you'd be perfectly safe or the best course of action given all of uh, an unknown set of variables.
2: And carrying your firearm on your on your hip does not mean that you're safe or that your family is safer because all the variables can change in an instant
1: no i would argue it is safer but it, you're right it doesn't it does, mean does that not mean those are safe that's
2: that safe. that safer i agree that it's safer and at least you have a fighting chance and that's why i say the police need a firearm but to to protect unarmed people to give them a fighting chance so
1: where do you fall in the open carry debate then
2: the open carry debate i, I believe that you should open carry
1: but and when the police see you in the mall after an active shooting and you're open carrying.
2: You're open carrying and your feet your weapon is secured.
1: Yeah, they don't really take kindly to that either though, I'm afraid.
2: Well, they need to get over it because it's my second amendment right to carry that firearm open or concealed.
1: Well isn't it gonna make you more of a target?
2: I don't believe so. Why not? Well, there's one there, but how many more do you have hidden?
1: Well, no, the, the the argument is is that they see you with the gun, so you're the first one they shoot. When you're going into, into Charlie Hebdo's office and there's somebody walking around with a gun, you shoot them first before you go after the sheep.
2: Mm, I don't think so. I think looking, purposely trying to seek out the one person that's armed in the crowd is a waste of the time that you're given. And I don't think that the shooter's going to go, okay, so we're going to pop off anybody in the crowd that's armed first.
1: I I normally don't follow this line of reasoning because... Criminals don't look for a fight. If they see someone who's armed, they're going to go pick a softer target. If they see someone who's home, and they're proof going of to this is the house. fact
2: that we have all of our shootings happening in places that are obviously unarmed, that have a no weapons allowed sign on their window as you come in the door.
1: Right. I mean, it does make a difference. That's where all the
2: short shootings are happening. However, is in these places,
1: however, the the Charlie Hebdo incident is the polar opposite. It's the exception that proves the rule because these were people who were on a mission. And they didn't care. And they would target the security officer first. They would target a police officer in the lobby first.
2: Well, I mean, if you want to talk about targeting the security officer, and most security officers are unarmed. But when the FedEx shooting happened in Kennesaw, the first person that was shot was the security officer. And it was just so the guy could get through the gate. It had nothing to do with armed or unarmed. Right. So but, sometimes it's just to get it's just for the convenience of getting through the
1: gate. Well it's it's again, it's it's whoever is the greatest threat and someone who is armed is a greater threat than someone who's unarmed to stop you in your tracks. So they are going to, to focus in on those people and make them higher priority targets. And as we look at this, you know, that this is a kind of a, a, a doomsday scenario in self defense because it's not the sort of, the, the normal rules don't apply. It's not an armed robbery of, of a convenience store of a gas station, it's not a mugging, it's not what you normally would run into. And being an open carrier for a mugger is going to be a huge deterrent. Being an open carrier during a planned assassination attempt and i hate to call this terrorism because i don't think that it's really terrorism but
2: i believe that it's smaller scale terrorism I, it, it was, struck fear in the hearts of the people of of paris they were on the street saying i am charlie well, not afraid it didn't
1: yeah it didn't strike fear what it did is it, brought it unified commu- them community unity behind a common goal it
2: brought people from other countries you know there were like a million people around the eiffel tower yesterday in honor of the Charlie Hebdo shootings, mm-hmm. they were from other countries. Mm-hmm. Came there to be supportive. Oh, yeah. It's
1: crazy. And I and I. That's why I don't see this as a terrorist act. This was retribution. This was an assassination. This wasn't an attempt to take people and make them afraid to do what they are doing. This is attempt to, for pure unadulterated retribution folks we got one more commercial break we're going to come back with our true prep product of the week right after this um you're listening to ready radio on news talk 1160 the talk of the town
0: and now back to ready radio with doug and aaron
1: Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Ready Radio. Of course, you know, all of our longtime listeners know that you can go and listen to our old shows at ReadyRadio.net. We have every show archived, and you can listen to our our progression over the last year and a half as we have gotten deeper and deeper into some of these topics of prepping and how to be a a more involved citizen and how to be better prepared. So that's a great opportunity to go back and listen to old shows. But you can reach out to us at Doug at ReadyRadio.net or Erin at ReadyRadio.net. Of course, you know, Erin is a master seamstress, and she has her own side business. That we're trying to promote a little bit through the show. And if you're looking for, you know, costumes for Dragon Con or for Ren Fairs or for anything else, then she's the woman to talk to. I, of course, have my criminal defense firm up there in, in North Georgia and, and the Atlanta metro area. So if you need a DUI or something like that handled, you can reach out to me at Doug. at... Um, kingslawoffice.com or just check out kingslawoffice.com If you're looking for news or information, follow us on Facebook or Twitter. We try to keep those feeds updated and do a little this and that with them at all times and and see what's going on in the world especially in the area of being prepared or prepping or emergency awareness or disaster readiness. These are all topics that we try to promote through our social media so that's another great way to stay in touch with us on a weekly basis. Um, You know, We've been talking this week about how to be more prepared for a terrorist attack, really, or or a public shooting, or just what happened over there in Paris with with the tra- tragedy and and the terrorists that wreaked havoc. You know, before the break, I was saying that I don't really count this as terrorism. This was retribution. This was a defiant act. This was an assassination, but it wasn't really terrorism because we so, have seen that the people of France and the people around the world have pulled together with the the, the saying je suis Charlie, and we, we all stand. We are Charlie. We are there. We stand in their place. We uphold them, and we're not afraid to continue. And now, some new media outlets have been terrified by this. So you look at NPR, and they won't republished the, the cartoon that had that draw all the attention to the satirical magazine there in France but some of the other media outlets are proudly redisplaying the artwork and saying that we stand with them and, and stand in this and it's going to get further disseminated and I was listening to NPR they had an imam from Paris on with them talking about how this all impacts and he said something that I thought was just absolutely stunning that the Prophet Muhammad would be more offended by the acts of the terrorists than by any cartoon that was ever drawn. And I thought that that was very touching, to see that they take, take their moment of glory where they think that they're doing something for, for their religion and to turn it around and say, no, you've done nothing. You've done worse than what you thought was horrible. And I thought that was very commendable to hear, finally.
2: So according to telegraph.co.uk,
1: the UK Telegraph newspaper, yes.
2: Charlie Hebdo's Wednesday edition of this week uh-huh. is going to include the Prophet Muhammad
1: cartoons. Very cool.
2: So if you want to see it, I guess you have to get your hands on Charlie Hebdo.
1: How much do you want to bet that that issue sells out in a heartbeat?
2: Yeah. And I wish they would print it in English so we could understand them
1: well you can get it translated easily enough i'm sure that your iphone can do that in a heartbeat i know that my poor little samsung has a translation feature so yeah there we go you know folks this is this is a touching time this is something that's really been on our hearts and our minds this last week and a half as everything's been going on and i i hope that it's it's weighing on Everybody who listens to us, too, because this is something to think about. It's something to think about how to be prepared if it happened to you, of course. But in a larger sense, it's something to think about how are we as free people going to respond to something like this? Do we pull together? Do we stand in the face of adversity? Do we, do we champion the ability to, for people to say things that we hate? You know, that's what freedom of speech really means. You are not free unless you can hear the speech of somebody you hate.
2: these people are wanting to strike fear in in us and not just us. I mean, the people around the world, anyone who does not see eye to eye with them religiously, they believe that the way to make us convert is to make us so scared that we're going to die that we either convert or die. Yeah. And I'm not going to bow down to this and I don't think anyone should. And I think we should just make the preparations we have to, to protect our family, because I believe that it's just a matter of time before we have jihad
1: time to time to sell your cloak and buy a sword and it's time to be ready and it's time to if if you you know end up with a martyr's crown for it then god bless you for that if not if you're able to defend yourself and others then god bless you for that too and and i don't really care you know that's that's you know i said i won't run towards danger but i sure am not running away from it and leaving my family stranded either right you know that's that's the difference i'm not going to go out of my way i don't care i, I don't want to hurt anybody in my life if i can get away with it. But if they're going to bring the fight to me, then I'm going to stand ready. And I will, I will retreat as far as I can to protect my family. And when it's no longer feasible to retreat, then I will stand, dig in and stand my ground like nobody could ever believe.
2: And while our country's allowing immigrants to come in and get legal status, or at least working status here, without any hassle at all, these terrorists are flooding through our southern gates.
1: And on this note, I think that you know it 's time to talk about the true prep product of the week, and of course, you know the true prep location in north um, in, on North Marietta Parkway. Um, 41 up there in, in Marietta, 1,000 cop parkway north, is uh, expanded, and they now have a whole kudzu tactical wing where you can pick up firearms, ammunition, and just about everything you need for reloading or whatever else you're doing. They
2: have a pretty good line of ammo boxes too, don't they?
1: Yep, and I think that it's time to make the kudzu tactical line, our, our product of the week, swing by there. You can pick yourself up a handgun, you can get training on how to use it and and get all the information you need to get yourself a concealed carry permit here here georgia if you're out of state then they have a great selection of firearms that they can ship to your ffl and at great prices and that's an op- option they do not ship ammo so you got to pick that up in person because it's so heavy but there you go there's a whole line of products that are very apt for this topic
2: and you can go check those out at true Um
1: the f- some of it you can check out true prep.com some of it's only available in store okay so folks you know we're We're hoping that you know, in light of all the commentary, and this has been talked to death. This is a topic that has really been talked to death. But we we were talking about it this morning, and it's weighed so heavily on us. I mean, when you think about people who are satirical being targeted for assassination. For a joke. It it really – I mean, you look back at our North Korea – episode and then we we do the north korea episode and a couple weeks later north korea hacks sony over another satirical movie and so you know maybe if you go to our, our ready radio.net page and you find out that it's not working maybe north korea attacked us
2: they do not find our humor in, in fun and ingest at all they they believe that it's an insult the the movie the, what was it, the interview the interview yeah they hacked over the interview of course they got hacked back and, you know, there was a, somewhere on there where the... Um
1: this, yeah, they they shut down the Internet going to go into North Korea, so all four people in North Korea could no longer log in, the, people, the four people who have Internet access. They no
2: longer look at their porn sites. Kim Jong-un <laughs>
1: was cut off from his... Yeah, I wasn't going to say that, but that's what I was thinking. <laughs> so... <laughs> I've always been one to voice your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, that's why we make such a good team here on Ready Radio. But, folks, you know this is this is important. And I would ask this is what I would ask every one of our listeners to do. For for, um, I'm, I'm sure most of our fans have some kind of social media outlet, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or something like that. Go to your Twitter page, go to your your Facebook page, and this Saturday morning, put on it sweet Charlie. I am Charlie, or you can even do it in English if you're if you're not an international cosmopolitan person. But I'm telling you, Thomas Jefferson would have done it in French. I guarantee you, Thomas Jefferson would have done it's it. in French. It's
2: very easy to do it in French.
1: Yeah, je suis Charlie.
2: Sui has a S U I S.
1: Yeah. So I, you know that. France and Paris was the adoptive home of Thomas Jefferson. He was the ambassador to France. Mm -hmm. He did the entire salon scene there before the revolution. He was enamored with French culture, with French wine, with everything that was French and really hoped to see them, you know, blossom into a democratic republic. And watching them descend into, you know, the, the dictatorship of Napoleon Bonaparte crushed him. I mean, he wrote bitterly about it in his later years. And here we are, we, we're watching a new era expanding in France. And we've, I've been highly critical of French politics and policies for years, because I think that they've gone the wrong direction. They've moved away from personal liberty. They've moved towards socialism, and even in, in, towards communism in many respects. And, and the, the just degradation of their society is, is heartbreaking and, and worthy of condensation. But... On the other hand, here's an opportunity. Maybe this will be an awakening point. Maybe this will be a point where France can turn around and say, you know, we need to uh, embrace personal liberty more and make sure that our citizens can defend themselves, not just, you know, surrender to the whims of the terrorists.
2: That's right. We don't want to surrender to the whims of anyone, no, whether it be terrorists or domestic terrorists or our, our own country presidency. Yeah,
1: you know, we, we need to stand up for what's right. We need to stand up for freedom and, and liberty.
2: in our own politicians are not doing this for us. So the way you do this is you elect better politicians.
1: Well, I think that there there needs to be a revolution in this country politically that we need to involve a third party. There needs to be a third party to be a check and balance on the other two. We need to get things moving so that it's not the lesser of two evils, but that it becomes a coalition government where it, at any time if you don't support your base from Sounds like you've the, been
2: hanging out with my libertarian friends, have you? <laughs>
1: a little bit. <laughs> but if you if you had if you had a coalition government where the libertarians were drawing some support from the Republicans and Democrats so that they had to work together more, less would get done, but more important things would get done. Folks, we're at the end of our time. You've listened to Ready Radio this week. Go out, be an independent person, remember the fallen and we'll see you next Saturday at the same time, same channel.
0: You've been listening to Ready Radio with Doug and Aaron. It's emergency preparedness for everyone. Brought to you by True Prep. For all your prepping needs, visit True Prep online at truprep.com. Or visit a True Prep store in Roswell or Marietta. Tune in each week as Doug and Aaron get you ready for anything that comes your way. Ready Radio, Saturday mornings at 8. Only on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.